Welcome to another episode of the Victory Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Victory Baptist Church in Valdosta, Georgia. To learn more about our ministry and the impact it has had in our community for over 50 years, visit VictoryBaptistValdosta.com. Now let's listen to today's message from God's Word. Verse number 2 and then verse number 3 and then we're going to turn to 1 Kings chapter 17. And I'll try to share with you what uh, has been on my heart the last two days. And uh, I'm confident that, uh, that this is what the Lord had, at least for me, and uh, maybe for you also. Uh, but in uh, James chapter 1 and verse number 2, it said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And if you can go ahead and turn over in First Kings and just kind of remember that phrase, he's talking about the trying of your faith there in First James. And then turn to First Kings chapter 17. We'll read there in just a moment. Uh, I want to tell you about an uh, 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 instance that happened uh, to us. I, I have been on, I've been here full-time for, I finished, the only way I keep up with this stuff is school years. And so uh, I don't know what that means when you measure life by school years. But uh, I have been full-time with Preacher for nine I've completed nine school years, going into my 10th, and so that's where we're at. So probably, I would assume, I believe it was somewhere in the 10, 12 year ago, I, I was sitting, I was working for uh, the Xerox agency, and I was selling and, and doing customer service for a local uh, Xerox agency, and uh, so there, there was, I had a lot of time back then to myself. And so I spent a lot of hours kind of, you know, working on projects and things alone and uh, running errands and things like that. And so, uh, but I, I was in my office. Uh, we had a little office in a business complex, and I was the only one working out of the office at the time. We had a, a showroom of sorts where there was two or three uh, copiers or printers that were set up. Um, there was a couple of offices, and then there was a, a room, and I tell you that for there's a a reason for telling you this, but then there was like a conference room, and in the conference room was this four by eight whiteboard that was up on one side of the wall. And I was sitting in that conference room at that table one day, and I, I got to be honest, I was just, I wasn't pleased. Um, I, and I'm not sure, I, I assume that you haven't been there, but I just wasn't satisfied. I was at a place in life where life had just not turned the way I had wanted or hoped. Uh, the things I had desired seemingly had not come to pass. I almost had the sense that maybe, maybe the Lord had even forgotten me. And I sat at that table, that conference table, and I was sitting there and boo-hoo crying, begging God for any sign, rainbow, walk outside and an acorn fall off a tree and hit me in the head. Anything would do. I just needed, it was one of those moments where I just needed to know that God was still in charge. Now, academically, I knew that. In my past, in my experience, I understood that. But it, and, and I'm sure you've been there. 
those times where you just need, nothing was atrociously wrong, I just needed to hear from God. And I sat there and I was just sort of, I guess I'd prayed and boohooed and moped and I was probably pouting knowing me. And as I sat there, my phone rang and I turned it over and it was from Montana. And I don't like answering calls, I don't know. But I answered the phone. And this voice, this voice on the other side of the phone come across this bellowing voice come across. And, it, and I, won't, it was, I won't try to imitate him, but it was, hello, Doc, what you been up to? And he started talking. And I, and I knew the voice immediately. I had not talked to this person for a very long time. He said to me, he said, you don't know who this is, do you? I said, yes, I do. This is Billy Carter. Billy Carter and I were, were with Macedonia at the same time. I had not talked to him in probably 10, 12, 20 years. I don't know how long. It's been a long, long time. And I said, I, I know who you are. This is Billy Carter. How are you doing? And he laughed. He said, I guess, I guess my voice gave it away. And, and he said these words. I don't know why. I just called to tell you that the Lord is the Lord is still in charge. He hasn't forgotten you and to hold on. I'm telling you. I'm telling you I, I I'll stretch something and try to make a story better, tell a good joke, get, convince people of stuff that's not true. But I'm 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 as serious as I can be. I hung up the phone, wiped my eyes and went on. There are times in our lives where we're going through something, where we're experiencing the trying of our faith, where we don't know what to do, we don't know where to turn, and we're not asking God to move some grand mountain, but just to just to move something so that we as flawed humans will be reminded that he's still in charge and that he is in he that he's in control in 1 kings chapter 17 if if you know the story of elijah and we won't maybe not read all of this cuz I, I i don't want to be very long but you know this story. Elijah is here in verse number one. We'll just read a couple verses maybe. He, at least the first three verses, four verses, two verses, wherever. He said, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead and of unto Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain. He's given this message. He's given this message, this terrible message to give. He's telling them, hey, it's not going to rain. And he tells them, it's not going to be rain, uh, uh, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence and turn eastward and hide thyself uh, by the brook Cherith, that it is before Jordan. You, you know this account. There's, there's some things about the trying of your faith that I've seen in Elijah. And when I began to think about this, this message, I, I was... I went through and began to think about the, the people in the Bible. 
Abraham and Moses and Noah and Elijah and Elisha and John and Peter and, and Paul and Timothy and all these characters that we read about. And most all of them, the Bible records a point in their life where we see the trying of their faith. And I think I could have about used any of them and used essentially the same points to share them with you, to share this thought tonight. The first part we see in verse number 1 through 7, we see a Elijah and his ministry. Elijah, Elijah, we look at Elijah and think about Elijah as being this great prophet. We think about him as having this enormous ministry. There are really only a handful of days in his life where we really see this great move of God. Here in this text, he's just delivered a terrible message. In the ministry, in the preaching ministry, in the ministry of a prophet, in the ministry of a Christian, sometimes our task, what God has given us, it's not pleasant. It's not always a pleasant thing to a message that you have to deliver or a job that maybe the Lord has given you. And we wanted to roll this out to different parts and factions of our life. As parents, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes the message of a parent is tough. Sometimes being a business owner, the, the message that we have to deliver to folk, it's just not, it's not pleasant, it's not simple. And so we see his ministry in the first seven verses. In verse number uh, three, uh, excuse me, verse number two, he said, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, in verse number five, he said, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. If you keep, if you keep looking in verse number eight, he said, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, and, and you see these places over and over in Elijah's life where the Bible talks about how the word of the Lord came unto him. So we saw and see, if you study it and you take the time, we kind of can see his, his ministry in verse 1 through 7, and then verse 8 through 13, just because I am a Baptist preacher, we see his mandate. The demand that God puts on his life. And what he, his, his, his calling is. He told him there in verse Number eight, he said, now, so he's putting by, and I should have read, uh, to, when we started out in this text, I should have read in verse number uh, seven where it said, and it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. There are places in our life where we are tried. Our faith is tried. You can be busy doing the right things. You can be busy right now doing what God has asked you to do and you're in the middle of that, your faith be tried. It's not just when you say, oh, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to walk with God. It's not the, just the first step that we sometimes see our trials, but it's oftentimes throughout our, the entirety of our lives that we find places where God tries our faith. He goes on, we see his mandate, and then we see, he tells him, verse uh, number 8, he, uh, and the word of the Lord came into him, uh, saying again there, he tells him to arise and, and to go, and verse not 10, he said, so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he gets there, he, he said he saw and uh, came to the gate of the city, 
Behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a, in a vessel that I may drink. As she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, Bring me, the, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And uh, behold, I gathered two sticks. It couldn't have been a whole lot of food. It, was, it wasn't a Sunday dinner on the grounds. Two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me therefore a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after that make for thee and thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of mill shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And so we see in, in verse 1 through 7, his ministry, in verse 8 through 13, we, we see this mandate. We, there's two parts to this mandate now. There's the command that God gave Elijah. And then the mandate that Elijah gave to the widow woman. Here's, and, and, and when we roll that out to the church, here's what we see. God gives our pastor the mandate for our church. God tells, God lays on his heart the direction and the will and the desires that he has for us as a congregation. God lays, I'm convinced of this, and, and, and uh, that he lays on the husband's heart the direction, the will, the mandate for the home and the family. God, that's, God, God works, God works, and I understand there's circumstances, and don't, don't you know, understand what I well mean there. But God, and, and I, listen, and then the, the man of God turns and he stands in the pulpit and says, this, how many times has Pastor Ward stood right here and said, with tears in his eyes, said, I can't get away from this. And honestly, when, once he says that, it really, whatever follows, doesn't much matter. Most of us, by the time he said, I can't get away, we're just like, okay, that's fine. Whatever it is, you just tell us what we're doing because that's fine. So there's two mandates here. We see the ministry of Elijah, but we also see the mandates. And then we get to experience the miracles. So God preserves the man of God. He preserves the widow woman and her son. And you would think that that would be sufficient. You would think that would be enough. You know what I found out about difficulties? Sometimes, preacher has said these, he said this, I, maybe I heard it from him first, I'm not sure. But sometimes trials and difficulties, they, they seem to come in like waves. Like standing on the edge of the, uh, of the ocean and one wave comes in and you just catch your breath and the next wave just knocks you back down and they're just over and over and over. Just seasons that we go through that are like that. And so here's the widow woman. She thinks that she's going to starve. She's convinced. She's made preparations. She's going to fix her last meal. Her and her son are going to die. And, and so, in verse 17, though, he said, It came to pass that after these things, the son 
of the woman, the mistress of the house fell sick, and his sickness was so sore uh, that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Hear it. Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance, to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. Look in verse number, in verse number 24. We, you, well, I don't want to shouldn't bypass the other verses, I don't guess. In verse 20, though, he, Elijah said, he cried and he, uh, unto the Lord. He said, O Lord my God, the house uh, brought evil upon the widow uh, with whom I sojourned by slaying her son. Lord, he, you can hear it. He, listen, Lord, what are you doing? It's, listen, there are times in our lives where we sit back and we're, Lord, what, what are, I don't understand. What are you doing? You talk, listen, I'm living my life the way you've, you've commanded. I've surrendered my ways and my will and my wealth. I've given everything. I've surrendered it all to you. And this is what I get? You must not have been there. You haven't been in those places. And so he goes on. He's, he, he's asking the Lord, what do you... What are, you, what are we doing? And he stretched forth himself uh, upon the child three times and cried to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. Now the first thing that we heard was, is that Elijah heard the voice of the Lord. But in verse 22, it's the other way around. Listen, it's not the same. I'm not Elijah. My predicament was not that dire but it's me sitting at that desk with tears falling on sales reports. And, and it wasn't about the sales report that I was broken hearted about begging God. And listen, there are times where God, we hear God, but I'm grateful and I promise you that those places that God, God hears us. He said he heard Elijah. And he took the child down in, uh, in verse number uh, 22, he said, And the Lord uh, heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he was revived. I don't, want to talk, I don't have time to talk about the widow woman and, and her response and all the things that were going on. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. Invert now, watch verse 24, because I just I noticed this today. And the woman said unto Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God. That's good. And that the word of the Lord is in thy mouth is truth. So the trying of our faith to be devotional, if I can, the trying of our faith, first thing that we saw was Elijah and his ministry. Then we see his, the Elijah and his mandate in 8 through 13. And then we see the miracle, miracles, plural, in 14 through 23. And then we see Elijah and his message in verse number 24. I put an apology. When I, when I send Jonathan my outline, uh, he knows where I went to college. And so it's supposed to be threes and fives and sevens. And so uh, I, I put a note below it, and it's still in what I printed out. I broke the rules because there's only the four points. And you're either supposed to have three or you're supposed to have five, and four just doesn't count. But 
He's Elijah and his message. His message was the word of the Lord. The message that was in his mouth that, that she heard to be true was the words of God. Now, here's some things that we learn that I think are important when our faith is being tried. We find them here with Elijah. One is that we're to communicate with God. When our faith is being tried, the most important thing that we're going to do is communicate with God. Multiple times the Bible said, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, the word of the Lord came unto him saying, and then in the end of this text, it said, God heard Elijah. I mean, Elijah, uh, yeah, God heard Elijah being in communication with God. Now, this is something I know about communication. Communication, I've got to be close enough to hear. Communication, I'm, I'm persuaded that communication is, is probably the, 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 the most important part of our lives. Whether it's our communication with, with our communication with God, our communication with our spouse, our communication with our family, our communication with our church, our communication with the community, it's the most important thing that we'll do. The very most important communication you'll ever have. And when our faith is being tried, it's communication with God. The second thing I thought about that we see here is that we're to trust in God. It's very simple. But all, all the times to where the word of the Lord came into him saying, the very next thing is, Elijah went and did. Elijah, listen, sometimes God gives us direction. God gives us something, and we don't understand it. Billy Carter was in Bozeman, Montana. I had not talked to him, and I do really not know. And when, he, when I answered the phone, he said, I, I don't know, but the Lord laid it on my heart to call you. Listen, it, did it make any sense to him? Not really. He just knew that's what the Lord laid on his heart. So it's communication with God. It's trusting in God. And then I thought about this, and it's very similar to trusting God, but it's, very, it's, also quite, it's, it's also quite different. Not just trusting in God, but obedience to God. I trust God. I, I can say, people say, oh, just, just trust the Lord. And I, and I believe that. But it's more than just saying, hey, I trust you. We've got to put some action to that. We, we got to start going, hey, our, our dear sister, listen, I don't know, maybe, it's, maybe there are, but uh, if anybody comes after me, if the track rack is empty, listen, Miss Johnson will come and say, I, I'm going, she's always very kind, we, we need some more tracks. We, gotta, we can pray for them, and man, I believe in praying for sinners. But there's got to be, it's good to trust, but there's got to be some action. There's got to be some obedience where we're putting some feet on our prayer. Listen, whatever it is, I'm telling you, and there are things that God has been working in, in our hearts, and, and we want to, to, to be more. We want to go further. We want God to use us. But we've got to, listen, it's one thing to trust him that he can. And a whole, listen, it's, 
obedience. Communicate with God, trust in God, obedience to God. How about this? Expect something from God. What happened? What happens to our childlike faith? God that's big enough. God that is big enough to save my soul. To give us children when the doctor said you can't do that. To cure our family members' illness when they said there's no hope. To, to providing things that was absolutely those, it had to be God moments. Somehow or another, we, we, we watch too much Fox News and CNN and, and we read too many social media posts and we stop reading our Bible and we stop praying and we just stop looking for God to do something. The things that you've been just walking around here saying, well, I wish we had this and I wish we had that and I, I wish we could do this. How, how about this? How about it comes to a point where we just start believing that God's going to do something? Trusting in Him. Expecting God. Expecting something from God. And then how about this? So when, I'm, when my faith is being tried, communicate with God, trust in God, obedience to God, expect something from God. Because I know what He did before. I know the small, insignificant things. I didn't think He was, I mean, I, I, I wasn't even, I didn't even really ask real hard. But what about this? Watch for God. So it would seem to me, if I was in Elijah's position, that God was trying my faith, and he brought the, the, he brought the brook to me and took care of me. We didn't take the time to read it, read it, but the ravens fed him, and he drank from the brook. And God dried that up, and so he, he slid him down the road a little further and inserted the widow woman that took care of him. But in the middle of all of that, God had a better plan. Can I, maybe we should say it this way. God had a bigger plan. God, God didn't... Is it, is it even possible that God put Elijah in the position he was in because he knew about the widow woman. In, in our difficulties, could I encourage you to watch for God? So I told you the story, and I'm done. Miss Tracy, you can come to the piano. We're going to pray in just a moment. I told you the story about him calling me. I was on Facebook a couple weeks ago, and I saw his picture on another post with a quote of him under it. And I thought, I'd like to talk to him. So the preacher that put his post or shared his picture and that quote up, I messaged him and said, hey, do you, have, do you have Billy Carter's phone number? And he said, yeah. And he said, you shot it right back to me. And so yesterday I was riding down the road and I had his number and, and I called him. And the phone rang, and he picked it up, He's, and same, com same conversation. Here's what I told him. I want you, I texted him already and tried to tell him about it, but I wanted to tell him in person what a big deal it was and how God used a 
one-minute conversation to encourage me to go another week. And here's what he said. I remember that conversation. Here's what I was doing. That was some of the darkest days of my life. And I was really struggling. And in my struggle, I was seeking God. And the Lord laid you on my heart. And this is what I knew. That if God laid you on my heart then, then God was still working in my life. Sometimes, God lets us walk through the darkest hours of our life. He tries our faith. And yes, it's to grow us. It is for us to become something that God intends, He wants to do, He wants to see us grow. But sometimes I'm persuaded there's somebody God's putting in our path that He's doing something with our lives. Your difficulty, your difficult hours, it may be because you need to grow in your faith. But it may be that God's put somebody in your path. He's going to take your life and He's going to use your life that they might see Christ. The trying of our faith. I don't want to be tried. But Lord, if you're going to try me, please let me see your hand. Let me see you use me. Let me see you use our church, our ministry, our home, our school, all that invokes and involved in our life. Let me see you. I don't know what you're going through tonight. I don't know what you have gone through, what you are going through, or what tomorrow holds, but this much I know. Every time, every time I've gotten desperate for God, every time, He's always showed up. He's always met my need. He's always answered. Maybe not when or how or where, but he's always answered. Sometimes God is crushing you, crushing seemingly your life, and the backside of it, he's using you in ways you can't even see. Mom and dad, sometimes your home and family, it's tough. You feel, like you're, you, feel like you're, you feel like you're coming apart at the seams, raising your children. You don't know which end is what. I'm telling you, it's sometimes, it's sometimes in those hours that God's using you the greatest. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. It's prayer meeting, really isn't preaching, preaching. But maybe you're here and you need something. Maybe you want to come and pray for the Arise group or for the prayer request earlier, our missionaries.